Welcome to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Whether you're a player or a coach and are just trying to improve, we can help you get better. I am your host, Ken Romeo, and with me, as always, is my co-coach, Mr. Andrew Turiago. Andrew, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Fantastic, Ken. In fact, uh, I'm incredibly excited about this top 10 episode. Uh, it is it is a uh, time-honored, time-tested uh, part of any sport or comp- competitive endeavor to rank people and rank teams. So it's, speak- a, it's always a fun conversation. Speaking of sports, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did not watch Super Bowl at all. Not, no. not a single commercial. <laughs> but I will have you know, I won twenty five dollars. Hey, I did too. I did a, too in a in a pool uh, right. where I I literally said just pick some numbers for me, and you know what? Uh, some numbers were were good. So so when when people are like like hey Mister Romeo, who are you rooting for? Like my boxes. That's what. I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm rooting for my boxes. No, honestly, you know what? I'm a I'm a Jets fan. I'm from the Northeast. I'm a Jets fan. I've I've been tormented by the Patriots and Tom Brady forever. Um, but I, I'm actually happy that Tom Brady won. I'd much rather have Tom Brady win, not on the Patriots than have the Patriots win without Tom Brady. So, you know, we, we root for laundry, right? Like we sports fans, we root for laundry and Tom Brady is wearing different laundry. So I, I can, I can be happy for Tom Brady and, uh, and, and happy that the Patriots didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, I think, uh, Quiz Bowl Nationals happening when a lot of other competitive venues have just decided to take a year off um, is is great. It's fantastic. And I've, I've talked about NAQT as uh, I think last year they kind of made a very slow turn. They, they could have switched completely if they made like a really decisive, um, like hard left turn in in like around March. But uh I think this year they're they're hopefully going to do a great digital nationals. And I think, you know what, it honestly is going to open up an opportunity for a lot of teams who uh, for even budgetary reasons, couldn't pay for nine plane tickets to get kids there. I wonder if this is something that and will hotel continue. Rooms. Yeah. I wonder if this is something that will continue uh, into the future. And this was just the future of quiz bowl. Th- that's interesting though. You know, I'm, I'm going to push you on this because you said, you would have liked to see them make this hard turn. Yeah. Um, as, as people who have been forced to adapt to mm-hmm. a new way of doing things, you know, as, mm-hmm. as educators, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> uh, I think the line I heard today from, from my wife, who was also a teacher, uh, when th- their, their superintendent is, is, giving them something new to do and and the the union is pushing back and they're saying look we're flexible but we're not contortionists so you know when when we're it's it's one thing to say we'd like to see them make a hard right but isn't it i i want i want to make sure i'm phrasing this question correctly mm-hmm. there needed to be a period of trial and error yeah absolutely and and had had NAQT or really any reputable organization gone and said, okay, we're going to, in June, we're going to do this online thing. And, and it's a flop. Like mm-hmm. that's, that might ruin a reputation. Whereas the fact that they canceled, everyone understood it, you know, but had they said, yeah. okay, we're going to go online and maybe they would have went to discord or Google meet yeah. and, and, and the chaos of okay, breakout rooms, and do we really know how this works? And Discord, like That's we're fair. still off. I am one of my one of my things is I think you just have to fail upwards. You have to just constantly be uh, creating an environment where it's okay for people to fail, and it's okay for people to do poorly. And I think my my first declarations as like if I were suddenly head of NAQT and this happened, were to be like, okay, well we're gonna try online nationals. Um, all the teams can request to have their fees back. Like they don't like they, they should understand that like the, the entry fees are paying for our volunteers and all these people. Um, their fees are much lower. They don't have to pay for the hotels and the room board and all the food for all of their volunteers. Their volunteers can be at home in their pajamas. Um, 
you know, but it, uh, at the end of the day, I think if they had presented it as like, we want to do this online, we know it's not going to be perfect. They even could have said something like it's the first digital, you know, NAQT Google meet championship, something like that, something that makes it so it's mm-hmm. not exactly nationals. Mm-hmm. I think people would have received it very well and said, you know, it's great that they're creating an opportunity for people to compete in quiz bowl and, you know, trying to, trying to do something. And you know what you have to, you have to create an environment where it's okay for people to fail because it's, it's inevitable. Ken, it is inevitable for people to fail. Yes. Uh, but, but it's also inevitable to have people feel like, you know, because it's not perfect, mm-hmm. they're they're going to complain about it. Sure, and, and you and can th- have there would have been have, issues. There are going to be issues. There are going to yeah, be issues in May. Exactly, right? there's going to be issues. And uh, my response to them would be, uh, "Well, how much did you pay to enter this again?" And they would be like, "Well, it's free this year." And I'd be like, "Exactly." So, there you go. Like, I, I guess so. I mean, you know, when we did our invitational back in the spring, we we waived an entry fee for that reason, yeah. because if it was, if it was horrible, <laughs> people got their yeah. money's worth. Yeah. That, but, I got, I got a haircut in quarantine for my dad, uh, where I got a pretty nasty gash in one of my ears and he just laughed and said, you know, you get what you pay for. Uh, <laughs> cause it was a free haircut and you know what? I, I couldn't complain. That's it. It was free. So that, uh, I think that that sums up my feelings. Around, I, I think that there are way too many people that that see um, like uh, there's a saying. Let me let me see if I can find it really quick. I think it's like perfect is the enemy of good. Yeah, like there are too many people that uh, that say like because something's not perfect, it's not even worth trying. Like uh, because we can't get this perfect on the very first try. Like because I'm not immediately a chess grandmaster the first time I learn how the pieces move, like I'm not even going to play this game where I just lose a lot, you know? Um, and I think that at same attitude should go towards running tournaments. You and I have both uh, participated in a lot of tournaments that were not run well. And uh, occasionally one of us was one of the people running those tournaments and we learn from our mistakes. And, you know, sometimes I look at, I always imagine like, what if you could look over someone's head and see a number, right? Like you look over a tournament director's head and you see like, oh, this person has directed two tournaments. This is their second tournament they've ever directed. And you know, I look over Ken's head. I see, well, this is the 78th tournament that Ken has directed. That's going to be a very different tournament, right? But you have to get there the same way as everyone mm-hmm. else by, you know, just kind of failing upward and, and doing the best that you possibly can. And that's that, that would be my advice to all the students who are out there. Uh, listening to this podcast, you know, uh, there's going to be difficulties this year. Literally, my entire first week of class was about me drilling into my students that you need to be able to troubleshoot when things go wrong, because things will go wrong. Like everything you can possibly imagine is going to go wrong when it comes to technology, when it comes to Google Classroom, when it comes to whatever. And we just have to accept that this year as a fact. And once we accept that, and we kind of like make our peace with it, then suddenly everything else isn't so bad because my students know they can say, Hey, Mr. T, I just kept getting booted off the zoom and they know I'll go. That's terrible. That sucks. Like, uh, let me know when you can get back on and I'm happy to send you the slideshow for today and, and catch you up with any of the work that you missed. And it's not going to be like, Hey, what do you mean? You couldn't figure out the zoom. Like uh, we've been doing this for months already. I just know that's how it is. Right. Uh, and I think, that, that would be my advice to all the students out there is once you make your peace with that, then it's a lot easier to start feeling upwards and celebrating the things that do work well. And speaking of things that work well, these are some pretty impressive teams, Ken. Yeah. So uh, Nationals is taking place and uh, we we are going to uh, later on in the episode uh, share our top 10. And this year, it, you know, it's it's so different because so th- there have been so many fewer tournaments and teams that have that are normally um, powerhouses or, or at least, you know, uh, ready to compete on a national stage, just haven't had the opportunity, or at least if they have, we don't have access to their statistics and we can only make decisions based on the statistics that we have. So we'll get into uh, that in a little bit. We'll talk about 
the the method that we used and yeah, how uh, good is how good is the wi-fi at each of these schools maybe that's another question we should be asking like are any of these school any of these places have google fiber that they'll get the extra the extra second to buzz that's a really good point well uh so but there are tournaments that are going on in fact middlesex competed in one this weekend and uh we did quite well and we will tell you all about it as we take a look at our scoreboard It's time to take a look around the country and dive into the tournament results that have been posted. So we're going to start in New Jersey, the Ridgewood Middle School Invitational, which took place on Saturday, February 6th, the day before the Super Bowl. Um, it was uh, it was held online, of course, held over Zoom. It used packet MS37. And there were 54 teams from the greater metro area that competed, including Middlesex. And it was really the first tournament, Andrew, that we sent our full force, our army to. Like we, we our top teams have played in some high school tournaments and, you know, some smaller things. But this was the first one where we really sent our team in full force. And boy, were they ready. Uh, the semifinals, they were just absolutely fantastic matches one of them pitted john adams middle school from edison new jersey which are relative newbies to naqt style quiz bowl against middlesex a and this game this game was so incredibly close john adams had a lead with four questions left they're up by 15 points with four toss-ups left but middlesex got each of the last four to clinch their spot in the finals and then the other semi-final the still defending national champions from hunter played middlesex b and again this was another epic back and forth game hunter was up 10 points with two toss-ups left middlesex got them both they advanced to the finals it was the first all middlesex finals we've had in in a while and uh it started off middlesex b built a huge lead they were up 210 to 80 after eight toss-ups but the a team came back they came storming back they took a 285 to 210 lead by toss of 14 and then our b team led by uh captain neve sagal came back they found their composure they answered each of the last four toss-ups three of them with power they thirded each of the last four bonuses and they won it the b team mr t pulls off <laughs> uh, don't call it an upset we have we have a pretty deep program the b team beats the a team 385 to 330 hunter takes third place fantastic uh, we also have an update from the Eris Middle School League. Uh, they're round three of a continuing league. Uh, in round three, Monrovia uh, triumphed over Columbia Independent School uh, 495 to 245. And Tate Osborne scored 165 points playing solo as Monrovia moves to 3-0 in league play. Uh, in round four, CIS came back with a 370 to 245 win over Oak Valley B. And CISA is now 3-1. And in round three, North Gwinnett beats Oak Valley A 550 to 110 to stay undefeated. Uh, Green Hill A also beats, uh, Ken, how do you pronounce his name? Alswin? I, 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 that's good. Sure. Alswin? I don't know. 650 to 15 to move to 3 0. In their three matches, Green Hill has powered 39 out of the 60 toss ups heard. Respectable power score. Elsewhere, St. Norbert A from Northbrook, Illinois goes 4 1 to finish in first place at the Loyola Middle School Invitational. So it is it is really fantastic to see uh, from that drought that we had last year. You may remember uh, there are definitely tournaments happening. There is quiz bowl being played all over the country. Yeah. You know, Mr. T, I like this idea of a league um, where instead of all of the teams getting together on one Saturday to play, you kind of schedule things out. And this, you know, online play has really made this possible. Monrovia is from Alabama, Columbia Independence, you might remember from our last episode, they're from Missouri. North Gwinnett is from uh, Georgia. Green Hill is from Texas. I mean, that's that's really cool that those teams have all gotten together and, and played in a league. Um, I don't know. That might be something we look into next year, possibly starting a league, because I, I like that idea of, of uh, consistent weekly play, having teams match up. Uh, might be a little bit of work coordinating, but I, li- I like that idea a lot. It absolutely is. And I can tell you, it kind of sometimes just plays like a tournament in slow motion. Like you're just playing a tournament over the course of two months instead of one day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, Mr. T, uh, we're doing a, we're doing a top 10 show today. And, and I feel like this is something like, 
I don't know. Everyone's interested in, right? Like, you know, the top 10 ice cream flavors and we'll click on that I, to see I'm, where. And I'm only, I'm only listening to this right now to find out if my team is number one. <laughs> as soon as I'm actually, I'm actually actively skipping through the podcast to just try to get to the end to find out whether my team's number one or not. All right. So, so, so do me a favor. Page. Those of you listening, do me a favor. If we snubbed your team, if we just completely didn't even talk about your team uh, and you feel do slighted, an angry tweet. do an angry tweet at Ken. Please. Absolutely. Or Ken email us, Twitter. email us for 10 points at gmail.com for the number and, 10. And, points. and I really want to see, I really want to see you tweet angrily at Ken. So Ken, what's that Twitter? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's perfect. Okay. So if, if you really feel like we snubbed your team, let us know. Um, or, you know, maybe you completely disagree with, with the way we did this. So, um, let's, uh, let's, you know, bring you behind the curtain a little bit and, and tell you how we, how we came up with our rankings. So I'll say, I'll say first, uh, my rankings were blind. I had the advantage of not having the team names, uh, and just having the statistics for how these teams had played in the last you know, season or so. Uh, and so I think my team, my rankings will be more accurate than Ken's. Uh, Ken's will be nicer. Uh, Ken's will be like uh, all the all the good old boy teams at the top. You know, Middlesex is three or four rankings above where it should be. Uh, and uh, I think my ranking will be kind of a a uh, as a flip to how it usually is. My ranking will be the cold calculating analytical database approach. So uh, also to be fair, Mr. T used the stats that I gave him. And, yes, and, and the stats that I used were the, the ones I could find. And they were mostly based on middle school competition. So I know a lot of the top teams play in high school competition. And there is a, a way to kind of convert what a high school points per bonus number would be to a middle school points per bonus. And, um, and honestly, you know, if I had nothing better to do with my time, I would, I would really put a lot more effort into this, but you know, full-time job, wife, kids, you know, (laughs) all of that stuff. Uh, I I did what I could with, with the information that was available in the time that we had. And here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. If, if Ken tagged you in this tweet uh, about this episode coming out, you're somewhere in this video, so don't feel like you were ripped off. We're not. We're not trying to lead anyone on. Uh, you know, we're not trying to uh, uh, make you listen to an entire podcast just to find out if your team is even mentioned. So, um, so we looked at points per bonus. We looked at the percentage of powers. Mm-hmm. We looked at your record, how many tournaments you've won, and also. Because we we are now in an era where teams from all over the country can play each other, we actually were able to compile how well you've done against the other teams that we thought were worthy of being mentioned in a in a top ten ranking. Mm-hmm. And so that's that was the information that I gave to Mr. T. Mm-hmm. And then before he even came up with his ranking, we sat down and we talked about all right, what other information would you find useful that I didn't provide? And oh, yeah, the, the first thing that I said uh, almost immediately was, well, I'd like to know how many times this team has already been to nationals. Now, why do you uh, think that's important, Andrew? I think that's incredibly important because um, uh, there is a tremendous bias uh, to experience in terms of coaching, in terms of just, you know, having been someplace before. Uh, and I think there is also a kind of an understanding that comes along with the level of competition at nationals. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's, it's very difficult for me to imagine a team winning nationals that has never been to nationals before. Um, and it's very easy for me to imagine a team that has been in the top 25, three or four times in the last six or seven years, uh, breaking through and getting first that that seems like a no brainer to me. Uh, Cause it's just that uh, compounding of experience. Uh, the older students teaching the younger students, like uh, as much as you hope that every year is its own independent uh, evaluation of skill and practice, 
a lot of times the work that you do is going to compound on itself. You've got some compound interest going on with, you know, eighth graders teaching seventh graders, working with sixth graders. Um, and that's definitely something that I see at Middlesex. So sure. And, and, would, and, really... and promoting a culture, you know, as, as we've talked about with, uh, with numerous guests before, how important it is for the sixth graders to see how to compose themselves and stuff like that. I agree with that. I'll, I'll say, uh, if there was a statistic that I personally weighed more than I feel like most people would, it was a uh, record. And not just like win-loss record. It was how many games did you play this season in an MS tournament? Hmm. Uh, I, I find it hard to imagine a team that has played 10 games online or 20 games online winning MSNCT this year. I think the team that's going to win MSNCT this year, uh, and there might be a member of that team listening to this podcast right now, is going to be a team that is comfortable playing online, that they feel in their element playing online, that they know what to expect. Uh, and I don't think that a team that has played 10 or 20 games can really understand how it's different from traditional quiz bowl. So, all right. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, Mr. T I want uh, you to give your 10 through six. I will give my 10 through six and then we'll go five through one. So um, they, you're going to hear a lot of the same names on the same lists. And that's because Mr. T was using the information that I was, uh, Mm -hmm. that I was providing for him. So it's not like he was looking at all these different, places to find things look there really are in a lot of different places you know when we were preparing for the show we talked about how there are nfl power rankings and nba power rankings and um and every modicum of information available can be downloaded and and analyzed dash you know oh my goodness you know and and, was his weight in college when he played you know there is there are whole corporations that are devoted to strange strategic statistics like next gen stats will say, yeah, on this pass, he ran this fast from these yards and this fast from these yards. And, and all of that information can go into a ranking and then they still get who wins the Super Bowl wrong. So, right. well, <laughs> so, the thing, those, those, that statistical information is a waste of time and it's, you know, uh, a whole bunch of overpaid academics until you get to something like on base percentage. And then the whole metagame of professional baseball shifts yep. to be like, wait, actually, these guys have a point. Yeah. So. So so really, like, I boiled it down to what I thought were, like, five of the most important. And really, like, I don't know, the two most important things in my mind, points per bonus and power percentage, because those are almost completely independent of uh, the competition that you play. But that's why I threw in the, the intra wins and losses with the other people on the list, because if you are going to be measuring yourself against the best, then how do you stack up? All right. So Mr. T, why don't you start us off with number 10? Yeah. My number 10 uh, was Middlesex. Uh, We have a 25 and 14 record. We don't have, I guess we have one turning win now, yep. right? Uh, our points per bonus is uh, 25.6. Our power is around 37%. And we're nine and six in the intra, uh, you know, intra team win loss ratio. I said, uh, well, I remember looking at this and, and basically uh, saying, you know, a team that doesn't have any tourney wins can't win nationals. Hmm. Uh, I think that's, that's for me, I, I just don't expect a team to come out of nowhere this year. I don't think online is the medium for that. Uh, and when, you know, so far our, our team hadn't won a tournament yet. Ken is Ken is typing in the spreadsheet, just change it to a one. <laughs> uh, so, you know, yeah, as yeah, I see I, that, that, that's fair. Like this ranking was yeah. done before this weekend. So like yeah. that's, that's yeah. fair. And I think uh, for me, for me, uh, the, the statistics just were not impressive. They, they didn't immediately grab me enough. Uh, to say that it, it was anything, uh, you know, dramatically different. Because you could have a 9-6 a and six record through a 20-round tournament 
And if your record is nine and six for a 20 round tournament, you're not going to win that tournament. You're going to win that tournament maybe 1% of the time. You're, right. you're very rarely going to win that tournament. Right. Um, and uh, I think you have to have something really special to win nationals, especially this year. I think it's going to be, I think people are underestimating how much the digital component is going to be a big thing. I think there are genuinely going to be teams that play nationals this year that the games that they play nationals are going to be the third or fourth game they've played online. And I, I don't see that being a fantastic experience for those teams. So make sure it's not you. So my nine with Wisconsin Hills, they're seven and two. Uh, they also do not have a tournament win yet. Uh, similar stats are two and two in the intra win loss record. Uh, you know, my feeling was, well, they have some potential if they play a lot more games they definitely could just continue that record. Seven and two is a pretty respectable record. Uh, you know, if it was 70 and 20, I would probably have put this team very close to the top of my rankings. Um, and uh, after that, we had uh, Bret Hart, who were nine and four. Uh, and they uh, have some also respectable stats. They've got 25.4 points for bonus, uh, around a 35.7% power rating and they're eight and they're they're uh, one and three in our intro win loss you know for all these teams again i put some of these teams towards the bottom because they just don't have a lot of games played mm -hmm. and one of the things that i was very very heavily valuing was the number of games that you've played i think um there's a saying from go which is one of my favorite games of of all history uh which is that you're not even a beginner until you've lost 500 games uh, and if you if there's a team out there that has lost 500 games of online quiz bowl this year, I, I think that team will win nationals uh, because that's you know playing a game every single day. Uh, but here's the thing: knowing that no one is going to show up at nationals having lost 500 games, right? The best you can do is well, try to get as close as you can, right? Try to play as many games as you possibly can. Uh, adjusting to all the things like having an online narrator, you know, using whatever software you have to use. Right. So, so Wisconsin Hills, their, uh, their, their stats come from uh, the largest uh, tournament, which was back in January. Uh, they came in second. Um, their, their losses were to Churchill A and Churchill B. So, and they actually beat Churchill B. They beat Heritage. Uh, they beat Colvin Run. They, you know, they, they, they beat Miami Valley. They had some impressive wins. Uh, mm -hmm. on, on their list. And, you know, I, I, I agree, like not a large sample size, but you can't ignore 25 and a half points per bonus and powering 38% of their toss ups. Mm -hmm. So uh, seventh and sixth, seventh, I had Churchill B. They were 36 and 15. Uh, didn't have any tourney wins yet. I assume because they were entered in the same tournament as, you know, their Churchill A. Right. For the most part. Yeah. Uh, Power points per bonus, 24.1, 34% power rating, 8-8 eight and eight in an intro win-loss ratings against these other teams. Uh, very similar stuff. They've played more games. You know, I think it's a good number of games. Uh, one of the things that I privileged was how many tournaments has this team won? Uh, and do they tend to have a more positive rating against other teams uh, in, this, in this kind of bowl that we're looking at? Because... You know, if you have an eight and eight record, if you have an exactly 50% record and you play a 16 round tournament, uh, that is, isn't that like, uh, let's see, Ken, there's some, there's some simple math that can be done there. It's like, I, I charge, I charge flips. a lot of money. Yeah. To do math winning 16 coin hours. flips in a row, winning 16 coin flips mm -hmm. in a row. All you have to do is win 16 coin flips in a row and you'll realize pretty quickly, actually, that's not very, very high of a chance. Mm -hmm. So again, uh, you know, I I am only going on the statistics here. Uh, so Ken, uh, my so my number six did I? Yeah, six is Almadine, uh, eleven and three right now. One tournament win, twenty six points per bonus, uh, forty eight point five power percentage, and they're two and one. So at this point, I'm starting to cross into the you know, uh, definitely if I see them for another fifty games, I would say. Any of the teams in the well, I, I genuinely think over the course of another 50 games with another 50 games worth of statistics, uh, any of these teams could probably jump to my number one slot, even, you know, even Middlesex, if they were to be, you know, uh, 75 and 14, 
50 games from now would I would have to revise the ranking completely, right? Uh, so I think my overall <laughs> my overall advice to any team that's listening who's going, oh my gosh, uh, Mr. T put us number six. You know, it's disrespectful. We're better than that. We're going to win this year. Well, play another 50 games and uh, prove me wrong because that's that's what the what the winner of Nationals this year is going to do. All right, so I'll start uh, with my number 10, and it's a team that uh, that I remember Middlesex playing a couple of years ago at Nationals um, in 2019, the last time we were there. It was a group of sixth graders, and this was an impressive group of sixth graders. Now they are eighth graders, and uh, they play in a very, very competitive league, and those are the, uh, the eighth graders from Bret Hart. Um, to Mr. T had eighth. I have them at 10th. Uh, Mr. T gave you the stats. Um, and like the, the one in three record that they have against the other members of this list, that one was against Aaron Parsa of, uh, you know, and, and the Albany scholars. And like, I'm sorry, anytime you can beat Aaron, that's impressive. They have, uh, they're nine and four this year, which isn't a lot. And I know Mr. T you, you value, uh, a uh, a large body of work um, and nine and four overall isn't that impressive, but two of their losses came to Churchill a, which you can imagine those of you listening, you're it's going to be near the top or at the top of the list. So two of the losses came to Churchill a, it's like, um, uh, I, you know, I, I've had a perfect swimming record this, this year, except for my two losses against Michael Phelps. Yeah. It's so like, oh, were, those, were those really losses? Right. So, um, so they have they have a loss to Aaron, and they and they have a, a twenty point loss to Harvest Park, who's a really good team. And that twenty point loss, uh, you know, they they still powered seven out of the seven questions. Harvest Park powered seven. The seven um, they answered twenty six and two thirds points per bonus. Uh, to Harvest Park's 25. So the the one difference was Harvest Park got one more toss up, and and that's it. So. Um, so that's why I have Bret Hart, uh, up here. Um, and I, I think they have a chance to, to make top 10 in nationals. Um, all right. Number nine, <clears throat> number nine is the only B team that I have on our list. And, uh, that is Churchill B now. Other teams on this list, like Middlesex B, just beat Middlesex A. Uh, there's no shock they'll beat Middlesex on this list. Also, the thing is, I as you know, as one of the coaches, the the A team and B team um, rosters are fluid at this point. I don't quite know who's going to be um, on on what team just yet. So, uh, I, that's why I, I, I'm I'm only going to have Middlesex here once. But so Churchill A and Churchill B, yeah. When our B team placed eighth at nationals, was that the highest the B team has ever placed? Uh, no, Keeling Keeling had B teams higher. There's two tournaments were smaller, but no, it's it's been it's been done before. There's precedent for B teams in, in yeah. the top ten. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, but Churchill B's roster has been pretty um, consistent throughout the year, and. They are wildly impressive. Uh, we we had them play at our Darien Fall Invitational, and um, you know that was a really good field with the likes of Hunter and Longfellow and and us and Winburn and uh, so many other teams. And they they were right there with everybody else. Churchill B, I have at number nine. Number eight, I have Monrovia, who you heard before in our scoreboard update. Um, I have them at eight. They're from Alabama. Mr. T, you talk about playing a lot of games. They are 43 and 12 this year. At least those are the games that we found so far. They've won two tournaments. Um, and uh, their their stats are right up there with everybody else. 23.4 points per bonus. They power almost 45% of their questions. Um, this is Tate Osborne's team. Tate Osborne is one of the Terminators that we've, we've talked about before. They've completed a grail this year. They grailed Copley Farallon B. Um they are every every bit what you think a top ten national team uh, would be. So I have Monrovia at eight, number seven. Okay, here's where I have Middlesex. Um, you know, we talked about Middlesex's uh, tournament win this year. Mr. T gave you the stats. I say we have oh seven or eight players that could start on an A team pretty much anywhere in the country. And 
it's it's going to take a, a lot of work to figure out what an A team and what a B team look like going into nationals. But um, I, I feel strongly that however we divide them up, we we should have uh, we should be able to compete with the rest of the teams on the team. And number six, uh, I have our friends from Addison, Texas, Green Hill Middle School. Um, Green Hill is uh, such an impressive year so far. Um, so impressive that uh, the the Texas Quiz Bowl Association, where they play most of their regional tournaments, they don't want their top team playing in middle school tournaments anymore. They they've <laughs> they're they're too good. They're like, hey, let's let other people have some fun, and you guys play up for high school tournaments. Um, and then they played in a high school tournament, and they went nine and one. Uh, at the AQBL overflow in December. So um, so wildly impressive so far from, from Green Hill. They're 29 and 11. Uh, they've won two tournaments. They average 26 points per bonus. They power 47% of their questions. And the reason why I don't have them ranked any higher than sixth is because when they've played the other teams on the list, Andrew, they're 1 in 10. So maybe playing high school competition is exactly what this team needs when they play tougher competition and they, and the games are a little closer and, and they they, they tighten up at the end. Maybe they'll just, they'll learn to, to play under that pressure. That's exactly what we needed a bunch of years ago. We needed to start playing close games and seeing that we can win close games and hold on to leads at the end. I bet that's exactly what green Hill needs. So right now I have green Hill at sixth, uh, but maybe playing these high school tournaments are exactly what that team needs in order to, to push forward and, uh, and really make some hay at nationals. All right, Mr. T five to one. Uh, let's okay. go. What do you got? My number five is Monrovia. They have a 43 and 12 record, uh, two tournament wins, 23 points per bonus and, uh, around 45% power percentage. They're two and nine right now against the other teams in this list, but you can't argue with 43 wins and two tournament wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, any team that wins nationals this year has to put up at least 50 or 60 wins. That is my minimum. Uh, I don't think it's going to come from, like I said, a team that has 10 or 20 wins. Uh, after Monrovia, I have Green Hill, 29 and 11, two tournament wins, 26 points per bonus, 47% power percentage. Uh, like you said, they're one in 10, but uh, I think they could definitely. Uh, continue to keep up that rate of, of winning and uh, just, you know, uh, be, be a terrifying team for someone to find uh, on the other side of a zoom call. Uh, next I have Howard uh, from Georgia who are 43 and 11 with one tournament win. So I have them third. Uh, they've got about 24.8 points per bonus and over a 50% power ranking uh, with a six and five positive record against all the other teams on this list. I think uh, as soon as you've got a positive record going into a field where you're doing better than a coin flip against the opposing team, that is a very, very good position to be in. Um, so so let's, and- let's point out so far, let's point out so far of the teams we've mentioned, Middlesex was nine and six. That's a winning record. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, so you had uh, Aaron's team, the, the Almond and Scholars at two and one. That's mm-hmm. a winning record. Mm-hmm. But everybody else so far is a losing record. And And as I'm compiling this, I'm thinking like, you know, there, there's going to be a monster record in here somewhere, and and boy, is there ever six and five. Yeah. Okay, it's one game over. Two and one yeah. is one game over. Middlesex nine and six. It's three games over. Okay, uh, keep keep going. Yep. So Longfellow is my number two team. Uh, they are fifty nine and seven, which is fantastic. I saw the I see numbers like that. My brain just lights up, and my my thought is, like I said, a team that wins nationals this year is going to have to have at least sixty wins. Uh, to really just even get the hang of online quiz bowl. They've got three tournament wins, 27 points per bonus, over a 50% power ranking, uh, and they're five and two against these other teams on here. So like Mr. Romeo said, there there still is a team unaccounted for. Uh, and, you know, Longfellow with a record like that, um, you know, if you're going like you're you're two to one, five to five and two, you're almost two to one, you're two to one favorite in any given game that you play. Uh, you know, only seven losses. Uh, well, some of those losses probably came from this next team. Uh, my number one team is Churchill A. Uh, their record this year is currently 37 and 0. Uh, so they have not lost yet. Uh, and they have four tournament wins. They are, uh, they have 25 points per bonus. So there are actually teams on this list that have 
higher points for bonus percentages than Churchill A. Yeah, but right? it doesn't matter. They don't let you uh, get to the bonus. All you have to do is get the bonus <laughs> right. and you can beat them. Uh, and their their power percentage is a terrifying 52.8%. Uh, so better than a coin flip that they are going to power the question. Uh, and their intra win loss record is 14 to 0. They have not lost to any of the teams on this list yet. Oh, sure. Uh, I would say, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's Eli Manning who, who said, uh, you know, I love seeing Tom Brady win because if, when, every time he wins and people say he's the greatest, I beat him twice in the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. what does that make me? Right. Uh, if there is a team that can beat Churchill A once or twice going into the Nationals, uh, national championship, I would be looking very strongly at that team uh, as a potential, you know, top five team for the national championship. So uh, Churchill A has definitely earned their spot so far. They're they're looking incredibly impressive. All right. Uh, my five through one. Number five is a team that you haven't mentioned yet, Mr. T, and it's uh, Burley Manor from Maryland. Um, Burley Manor is 27 and three this year. So it, 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 I kind of found it interesting that you didn't like this team. It passed the body of work mm-hmm. test. Uh, they're mm-hmm. 27 and three. They had two tournament wins um, and they, 26 and a half points per bonus. That is uh, higher than everybody, but Longfellow on this list. And they powered 41% of their, their questions, uh, which is higher than a lot of the teams on the list too. The one mm-hmm. stat that might've worked against their favor mm-hmm. for you, Mr. T is they're Oh, and two against teams on the list. Now I know there was, there was an issue with one of the tournaments with Burley Manor and one of their teams might've, might've heard some of the questions before. And I don't want to get into that, uh, here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but my, they, my they certainly uh, they certainly know what they're doing in, mm-hmm. in Ellicott City. And I, I think Burley Manor is one of the best teams in the country. They have an A and a B team. They're deep. So however they decide to uh, manufacture their A team, craft that roster, mm-hmm. that is going to be a team to watch uh, come nationals. Yeah, I think with a little more sharpening, another 10 games, 20 games against the other teams on this list. If they can put up some wins, they have a really, really good shot. Number four on my list, I have Howard from Georgia. Mr. T is giving you the statistics. I just want to go a little bit deeper. This is Charles Height's team. Charles Height is one of the best players in the country. So I'm looking through their stats, and I noticed a 4-3 and three record at the, t- uh, the Texas Big Tex Bonanza, which is a middle school tournament, and I thought that was a little strange. And then I realized Charles Height didn't play in that, uh, in that tournament, and yet – the group of sixth and seventh graders that did still held their own against really strong competition. They won the North by North Gwinnett in Georgia, and that's beating North Gwinnett and Chambly and Baldwin from Alabama and the university school from Nashville. So they have really impressive wins on their schedule at the raft two early in the year. They went seven and two. They beat Monrovia and they lost a close one to Churchill. A they went 10 and zero at the Somset. They have everything they check every box to be one of the best teams in the country no question about it number three i know statistically in your mind mr t this team didn't didn't match up with everybody else but it's aaron parsa it's the almond scholars (laughs) and i'm not betting against this kid he doesn't have a lot of help it's it's him and and that's it but we've seen nationals be won by a, a, a terminator before and this kid is just on another level if he is focused and ready to play he can dominate matches from the beginning to the end so i have uh aaron parsa and the Almaden scholars at number three my two and my one uh, are exactly the same as Mr. T's. So uh, two is Longfellow, our friends from Falls Church, Virginia. They have embraced this year of online competition. They are outplaying everybody. When I say outplaying, I I, I mean they are playing more matches than everybody. And yep. if if that experience really is going to count for something, then Longfellow has really put themselves in position to succeed. 27 points per bonus is the highest of any team on this list. And if you're powering half your questions, uh, you're putting yourself in the driver's seat to win most matches. Um, number one overall, there's no question here. Like Mr. T gave you the stats. Uh, Churchill A is, is the best team in the country. I've been saying that since uh, I, I saw them over the summer. Um, they, they, 
the, the, the four players, they, they power everything. They all know every bonus question. Um, even if you are cheating, even if you have the questions in front of you and you're Googling things, you're still not going to beat this team. Okay. That's how good mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. Uh, that, absolutely fantastic. 37. I will, say, no. I will say as of Tuesday, February 9th, 2021, this is the team to beat. Churchill A is the team to beat. That said, if you're one of the other teams on this list, you have a very real shot at beating Churchill A and winning nationals this year. All you have to do is play more games than them and work at least as hard as they are, uh, which is a tremendous amount this year. I think um, one of the things that is becoming rapidly apparent with online competition is when practice and perfect, you know, perfect practice makes perfect. Uh, When practice opportunities like this present themselves, when you can play against other super uh, high level, high tier teams, uh, with a phone call from one coach to another coach. Uh, the statistic, I just remembered, the statistic that I wanted to have on this sheet originally that wasn't there was how many high-level teams are around them, how many high-level teams are close to them geographically. And that doesn't matter this year. You could be from the middle of nowhere with no other team within 200 miles. If you can call up Longfellow and play a game and scrimmage against them, that is the best practice you could possibly get. And I know that these top teams are all playing against each other on, on, and they'll take any opportunity to take high level competition because, um, you know, strong teams just create other strong teams as they play with them. And I think especially kids who are playing online this year, uh, they need that high level of competition to motivate them to continue to practice. So, all right. So just as a, as a recap, uh, my top 10, number 10, Bret Hart, Number nine, Churchill B. Number eight, Monrovia. Number seven, Middlesex. Number six, Green Hill. Number five, Burley Manor. Number four, Howard. Number three, Al- uh, Almaden. Number two, Longfellow. And number one, Churchill A. Mr. T, one more time, your top 10? My, number, my top 10 is 10 is Middlesex. Nine, Wisconsin Hills. Eight, Bret Hart. Seven, Churchill B. Six, Almadine. Five, Monrovia. Four, Green Hill. Three, Howard, two, Longfellow, and number one, Churchill A. Uh, some honorable mentions, two honorable mentions that were that were in the discussion, didn't quite make the cut. Uh, Heritage from New Jersey and the still defending champions, Hunter, mm-hmm. from Hunter College High School from New York. Would not surprise me if Hunter makes another run because they just they they start off a season a little bit slow. But by the end, they are in championship form, no doubt. So uh, definitely uh, let us know at for10points at gmail.com whether you felt this ranking was appropriate. Uh, if you're in Churchill A, you're probably feeling pretty good right now. Feel free to send us a uh, an email telling us about how all of our scientific methods have absolutely uh, you know, uncovered the real truth behind uh, who is going to win nationals this year. Uh, but, you know, we'd love to hear from you about uh, what it is that's making your team, uh, you know, what's going to what's going to put your team above head and shoulders above everyone else. So, you know, my ranking system isn't perfect. And of course, this was this was a little bit this was done a little bit uh, haphazardly isn't isn't fair, but more hastily than when I prepare for nationals. But Mr. T knows mm-hmm. that before we go to nationals and I'm holding it, mm-hmm. I have I have our field notes. I have our our book of mm-hmm. all of the teams that we're going to play it looks kind of like a church missile uh, with like the hymns <laughs> in it and so i rank all of the teams that are competing and i i do use the, a lot of the same statistics but i go a little bit more in depth and then i i write a little bio about each team and it it takes a while I, like i this is this is definitely a um a labor of love here this does take a while but i I write some notes on each team um, and what they've done throughout the year. I write down the name of the coach if I can find it so that if we walk in and, you know, there's River Oaks Baptist from Houston, Texas, I can say, oh, yeah, you must be Coach Bryant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and they're act, like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> but honestly, honestly, Andrew, like that is one of the reasons why it's so that 
we seem a lot more prepared than we actually are. You know, did you ever see the movie Catch Me If You Can with uh, oh, I love Tom that Hanks. Yeah. Right. Why do the Yankees always win? Because they can't take the eyes off the pinstripes, right? The other team just mm-hmm. can't just can't take the eyes off their pinstripes. And that's what this is. This is our pinstripes. So mm-hmm. like it's already we're playing Middlesex. And then when you walk in and you see me going like, OK, you know, all right, here's who we're playing. We are playing Odison from Arlington, uh, Massachusetts. And, you know, they're a wild card team and blah, blah, blah. Um, so my rankings are they were pretty good. Good. I, I got to say, like, like this was from 2018. This is the year that Chiva won the whole thing. I came pretty close on a lot of these teams. Some of them I was I was off and I'm not going to lie because we we don't mm-hmm. we don't have all of the statistics. But, um, you know, I had a team that ranked 151st. They finished 154th. Uh, I have a team that ranked I, I ranked them 36. They tied for 33rd I had a team 85th. They finished, or I had them ranked 86. They finished 85th. So some of them I was off. Like last year, I had Liberty. Uh, I mean, this is this is the the most egregious one. Last year, I had Liberty, who finished fourth, ranked 122nd. Mm-hmm. So we can only go on the statistics that we have, you know. And if if a team like Liberty uses uh, in Alabama, they use different rules and stuff like that. Things get thrown off a little bit. I, I just but. had a terrifying thought, Ken. Mm. So my terrifying thought is there are maybe there are, there is a, uh, a a flip side to these teams that are, you know, out in the open in the light playing these tournaments against each other. And maybe there are three or four teams that are just practicing in the dark, playing against each other, putting up 54 percent power rankings in all of their games. And, uh, you know, they're they're just going to come out and they're just going to, you know, say, hey, well, we had the opportunity and we took it and we just played 200 games. And, uh, you know, there's there's we're we're absolutely your point is exactly correct. We are using the statistics we have in the light. But, you know, not every tournament that's happening, not every every scrimmage that's happening is recorded this year. I will I will take Churchill against any of those teams. I I don't I don't care. Uh, I mean, I've I've been around this game enough. I will take Churchill against any of those teams. Um, but if you do want to give yourself a chance to beat Churchill A, you know what you have to do, Mr. T? You have to you have power, power questions. You have to power questions because they're going to power over half of them. And if you want to power the other 48%. <laughs> if you want to power a question, you might want to pay attention to this episode's buzz phrase. The guys at For 10 Points want to help you answer for 15 points. Power a question with this episode's buzz phrase. This episode's buzz phrase comes from the 2015 Basque. This man began one of his speeches by addressing Brother Lomax. In that speech, he references two men exchanging some wheat, as well as the great controversy over rifles and shotguns. This man was known as Detroit Red when he was a Harlem criminal. This man controversially referred to the assassination of John F. Kennedy as chickens coming home to roost. The question goes on to mention the ballot or the bullet speech and the Nation of Islam and the autobiography that explains his last name. Of course, we're looking for Malcolm X. Most of the information in the early part of the question comes from Malcolm X's famous ballot or the bullet speech, which he delivered on April 3rd, 1964 at the Cory Methodist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. I highly recommend reading the speech. You'll get a deeper understanding of the clues in the question, and you can see the parallels to today. In that speech, X addresses Brother Lomax often. Louis Lomax was an author and a TV journalist who co-produced a docuseries called The Hate That Hate Produced on the Nation of Islam, its founder, Elijah Muhammad, and Malcolm X. The two men exchanging wheat X is referring to are John F. Kennedy and Nikita Khrushchev. He says, whether we are Christians or Muslims or nationalists or agnostics or atheists, we must first learn to forget our differences. If we have differences, let us differ in the closet. When we come out in front, let us not have anything to argue about until we get finished arguing with the man. If the late President Kennedy could get together with Khrushchev and exchange some wheat, we certainly have more in common with each other than Kennedy and Khrushchev had with each other. If we don't do something real soon, I think you'll have to agree that we're going to be forced either to use the ballot 
or the bullet. It's one or the other in 1964. It isn't that time is running out. Time has run out. Later in the speech, X says, last but not least, I must say this concerning the great controversy over rifles and shotguns. The only thing that I've ever said is that in areas where the government has proven itself either unwilling or unable to defend the lives and the property of Negroes, it's time for Negroes to defend themselves. Article number two of the constitutional amendments provides you and me the right to own a rifle or a shotgun. It is constitutionally legal to own a shotgun or a rifle. Malcolm X was clearly advocating for black gun rights or for black people to arm themselves and protection from a government that he felt was not sincere and did not prioritize their interests. Other clues in the question refer to X's departure from the Nation of Islam. I interpret his comments of chickens coming home to roost as Kennedy and America as a whole got what it had coming to him. Harsh for sure. And the Nation of Islam censored him One of the reasons why he left the nation in 1964, about a month before his famous speech. There is a heavy cloud of conspiracy surrounding his murder, presumably done by former members of the Nation of Islam as retaliation. The theory suggests there might have been involvement from the FBI and the New York City police. Malcolm Little was assassinated on February 21st, 1965. So if you hear a question, it refers to Kennedy and Khrushchev exchanging wheat the Autobahn Theater, or the Ballad or the Bullet, there should be little doubt the answer is Malcolm X. I wanted to add that something that I've seen, especially in some high-level tournament play, like at Nationals, is I have seen the same way that teams will casually talk about uh, music history being a weakness of theirs. I think there is a tremendous well of untapped power questions, bonuses, uh, and especially more as NEQT has started to diversify their question sets to be about fewer and fewer uh, dead white men that have done accomplishments in history. Uh, I think there is a tremendous well of untapped points, and there is a tremendous amount of important history that comes from uh, learning about these sorts of uh, figures in our history that are complicated, that are, you know, uh, African-American, that are Native American. Uh, I think going to the NAQT and just going over the African-American authors like James Baldwin, Gwendolyn Brooks, Ralph Ellison, Lorraine Hansberry, Langston Hughes, Zora Neale Hurston, Toni Morrison, Alice Walker, Phyllis Wheatley, Richard Wright. That is just a bare minimum starting point that will put you incredibly head and shoulders over uh, other teams that have a a large, I, I will even call it an institutional blind spot. Uh, I think there is very, there are very few topics that you can study, uh, knowing that you're the opposing team will maybe not know those things the way that you can right now in this moment in 2021 study uh, Black history and study you know the way that. Uh, those sorts of things intersect with American history and world history. So that's just something that I feel like if you are a person who is aiming to win a quiz bowl, then you need to know these things. Plus it's really interesting. I, I gotta Absolutely. say, I love, I love researching these, these buzz phrases. Um, there's a, there's a lot I didn't know uh, as I'm researching and mm-hmm. um, reading the, the ballad or the bullet speech was absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I, I've never met someone who read his autobiography and said he was a boring person. I've never met a single person who said that. So I think that says a lot. All right. Well, uh, hopefully uh, with this ranking, you have you will go into your practice feeling a little bit more motivated, whether you are uh, a team that we mentioned or a team that we haven't. Maybe you've started to see a little bit of, you know, uh, what the uh, the Nationals landscape is going to look like in 2021, uh, who your opponents are going to be over uh, Google Meet or Zoom or Discord or whatever uh, sort of online methodology they're going to choose. Uh, but this has been, for 10 points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. And uh, hopefully, whether you're a player, a coach, uh, or anyone out there, we have uh, helped you improve just a little bit. Uh, So this is Mr. T signing off for my co-coach, 
and Romeo. And uh, stay safe, everyone. <laughs>